Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray that this message inspires hope, help, and healing in your life. And as always, welcome home. Ready to get into work? How many of you doing good? Are you doing good? We're going to talk about this. Hey, man, this, this has been good helping me. I want you to look at me with John, John, thir- John chapter 13, verse 36. Man, I am telling you what, this series has been changing my life. How many... How many of you have been really changed? For every battle, it was a basin. I think that's going to be a good book. I was like, man, I was talking about it in there. I said, we're going to write another book. We're writing books. Let's keep writing books and writing books and just writing. We got a totally ghost book, and then we'll write another book and just write. Yeah, we're going to, we're going to write more books. You're helping me with the other book, the meditation book. We're just going to write. We're going to document everything that God tells us. I'm going to tell you what, God is so precious. If you ever understood how precious God really is, you'd be so obedient. Because if he ever stopped, you know, silence is the most lone, this deadly. You know, it's, it's deadly. Silence is miserable. As long as God's talking, it's long time to keep talking. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, whither thou goes, Jesus answered him. He said, you ain't, I'll go. He said, you can't go where I'm going. Thou can't follow me. 37, look at him. You were with me. And Peter said to him, Lord, why can't I follow you? I'll lay down my life. 38. He said, you ain't going to even, you said, this. He said you'll, you'll, be, you'll be gone before you even start. Because before the roast, rooster even crows, you'll leave me. We've been talking about unforgiveness. You know, sometimes in life, unforgiveness is hard. Because we don't really understand the power of forgiving. And if you don't get a revelation of how much you've been forgiven, you probably will not become a great forgiver. John 21, 15. Let's go there. Did you get that? If you don't understand the value of what you've been forgiven, you probably won't forgive people. Because until you get a revelation of forgiveness, you'll bottle it up. Because a long time ago, the Lord spoke to me, showed me, he said, you have to sow what you reaped. I thought I was wrong because I said, no, you reap what you sow. He said, no, no, you need to sow what you reaped because you got a lot of love from me. And you got to give what I gave you to mankind. Otherwise, you'll bottle up and stop. And if you stop giving them what I gave you, I'll stop giving you what I've given you unlimited access to. So I said, if you don't forgive, I can't forgive you. It's a law. People don't realize this. You keep yourself bound by not letting someone go. Listen, there's demonic people in the world. There's evil people in the world. Let me tell you right here and now, there's not nice people in the world. There's devils in the world. Not everybody does nice things. There's evil people. How do I forgive evil people? Well, Jesus forgave me. I've got to find a way. See, here's the key with forgiveness. We think we've got to feel it. You don't feel it, you faith it. And after you faith it, the feelings will catch up. You do it in obedience. Obedience is key. Look at this. John 21, 15. Jesus said unto Simon, Peter, son of John, do you love me? Remember this? Remember Sunday we were talking about this. Peter kept coming into this avenue of being asked this position of love. So obviously somewhere Peter was love deficient. He had to be because the question was about love. Jesus never asked him any question. He never held him in contempt 
for his mistake, but he did ask him the same question three times. He got aggravated with it. Do you love me? Because the proof of love is found in the willingness to listen. The proof of love has always been found in the willingness to listen. That's what he wanted from him. I want to see your willingness to listen. Until I see the willingness to listen, you have not shown me the proof of love. And until I see the proof of love, I don't really think you're listening. Peter gets asked this question three times. Do you love me? Do you love me? He's love deficient. So now I've got an understanding that if I'm going to be a person that understands the obedient level that I'm supposed to walk in, I'm going to have to have an understanding of loving God. I'm going to talk about that Sunday because the loving of the God factor is the key for me continuing in what God has for me. But today I want to talk to you about unforgiveness. It's a poison. And if you're not careful, it'll destroy you because something that happens in a moment of life can cost you a lifetime if you don't deal with it. A situation in a circumstance in a moment could cost you a decade if you're not careful. A word, a moment, an interaction, something, something that happens in a moment could now alter your character forever. Something, even if it's evil, guys, you got to understand, something that someone did Someone said something can now be the almost foundational place of my character, my, my mental state of where I, how I think, my, my opportunity to um, feel. Because you put up walls. You'll put up walls and not let anybody get into your heart. If you've been hurt in a place in your heart, you won't let nobody else in ever. You'll, never, you'll be love deficient. Peter was love deficient from somewhere... And God worked on the love. And I don't know about you, but if I'm going to be a person to forgive, I better figure out how much I've been forgiven and I have to be a person of love. Otherwise, I won't understand the, 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 the level or the complexity of what God's trying to show me because what he's trying to get us to understand is I gave it to you when you didn't deserve it and you're going to have to give it to them when they don't deserve it. Because what I figured out is this unconditional love is going to cause you pain. And I'd rather not have to deal with the pain than forgive you. That's good. But I got to learn how to become a forgiver because if I don't learn to forgive, I trap myself in the unforgiveness that someone else created. See, because if someone does something to you and causes unforgiveness, if I can't forgive, I get trapped in the unforgiveness that was created by someone else. So now not only has the moment messed me up, the lingering effect of the moment has now caused an effect the rest of my future. And until I can let it go, I'm bound in the place of unforgiveness. It's poison. And it slowly kills you from the inside out. 
and you got to figure out how can, because you got to get this. This is the cool part. Everybody in this room is going to get betrayed sooner or later. Everybody in this room is going to get hurt sooner or later. Everybody in this room, it's almost like this. I know what you did is true, but I can't believe you did it. I know what you did is done, but I can't believe you're the one that did it. In, in the connectiveness of the moment, I am almost okay with the fact that it was done, whatever it was, but I don't believe it was you that did it to me. And that's the bitter pill to swallow because if it was somebody else, I wouldn't care. Remember, what was it? Psalm, what was that? Psalm 55? Was that what we read that day? When David said, I think it was 12, right? He said, we went to church together. We went and worshiped the Lord together. And now you oppose me? You who were with me? For it was not an enemy, thank you, that reproached me. I could have bore it if it was an enemy. You reading it? I could have handled it if it was an enemy. Neither was it he that hated me. I could have handled it if it was somebody that hated me. Then I would have what? I would have been all right. I would have hid from him. Look at the next verse. He said, but, but it was you, my friend, my acquaintance, my buddy, my pal. Look at the next verse. He said these words. Look at this. He said this, look, he said this, my God. He said, we took counsel together and walked in the house of God. We were close. We were tight. We were friends. We, were, we, we loved one another. I don't, the act is not so much so beyond my bewilderment of the moment, but the person, that's got me shocked. We want to know the funny part. <laughs> I told you this. Job's friends who were dysfunctional accessed his life to bring him double. And Job probably would have never got to where he got to if they didn't show up. In a couple of chapters of the Bible, God really talks about how goofy they are. But without them, Job would have never got to where he's going. So the truth of the matter is, they're coming undesigned. Some moments in life. And your response to the moments in life are going to determine whether you go to the next level of life. Or if you disconnect and just stop. Because Job decided to what? Let's just pray for these guys. Because if I pray for them, it's better than killing them. So I'm going to pray for them. And went to another level. So wait a minute. Did they, did they, did they come in by design? Sure they did. What's the key to relate? Thank God for your enemies. Because you couldn't be where you are today without them. 
One day I was sitting there and I, I wrote a text to myself. I texted myself. I said, thank God for the people that caused pain in my life. You made me stronger. Thank God for the people that said I couldn't do it. I had pastors in this town when I first came to town. Had a special meeting. To, I thought we were going to have coffee and hang out. Come over to the office. I thought this is going to be great. I said, PL, you're going to love this. We're going. Someone so invited us over to go have coffee. This is going to be great. Well, they stood there and told me how they seen people like me come and go. But see, I knew I was a tiger all the while. I knew I was a lion waiting to roar. I was like, I knew I'd outlast him. I might even take, I might even, I, I got nervous for a minute. I said, I might even take your work and not even tell you I'm taking it. But I was respectful and I was honorable and I didn't open my mouth. But I said, you'll be in a grave before I ever quit. That's guaranteed. See, they fueled my juice, telling me I couldn't be, telling me I never would, telling you you wouldn't be around, telling you, you you're done. You're, oh, look at your track record. No, no, no. See, the people that came and said you couldn't were the people that gave you the fuel to become. Other people took that and buried themselves. Instead, I used it like I used it like a stepping stone to stand up and go. I was highly respectful to the naysayers and the and the nose. But guess what? You gotta choose to change these things in your life. What do you do? You're gonna let this chapter of your life write the rest of your story? You're gonna let this little bump in the road be the epitaph of your life? Come on. Come on, what are you going to do? What are you going to do in these moments when you had a setback? Don't let a chapter write the rest of your life. So you, had a, so, you, so you fell down. And stop living in weakness. I'm so tired of hearing about how God wants to use broken people. God took broken people and made them whole. You ain't broken no more. Stop living in a broken state of unrenewed man. Living a supernatural life of the Holy Spirit with power and might. Look, I can look back at the pain in the past, but the pain in the past is just going to be a platform for you to be strong in this next season of life. Christian people are like, oh, you know, okay, great, 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 great. Write a story to tell somebody how to get out, but show them how you live on the mountaintop, not in the valley. Right. Tell them about that. Come on, guys. You know what to do. All right. So look at this, right? We got to get in this thing. Watch. We're in a good thing here. Look at Colossians 1 and 3, King James. Everyone at some point in their life is going to have to learn how to forgive. There's a basin of forgiveness. Remember we talked about this? Colossians 1 and 3. 1 13, I'm sorry. Right? Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. We got born again. We got taken out of one kingdom and put into another kingdom. Here's a key, though. Until we learn and really learn how to walk in forgiveness and choose to continually forgive, we might be in this place in unforgiveness towards people. It's going to affect your relationship with people and the Lord. Did you get that? So if I hold this unforgiveness, it's going to mess up my relationship with people, and it's going to mess up my relationship with God. Now listen to me. The Lord, the Lord, the, see, you're going to mess up, you're going to mess up the favor. So why do I got to forgive? Obviously, the main reason is because Jesus said that in obedience to God. But how about this? There's an example of this in Matthew 18, 21 and 22. I want you to see this. Very powerful, very strong. Okay? Jesus in Matthew 18, 21 and 22, we're going to read this, okay? Okay, let's look at it because Jesus explains it. Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Till seven times. Now, Peter, you have to understand something. He understood something here. Peter came in and Jesus said to him, I say unto thee, until what? Seven times, but until seven times 70. See? Or seven times 70. Seven times seven. Right? You all know it. 
right? 70 times 70, 490, right? But the world standards is not what God says is the standard of love. Now, this is what I want you to get, okay? We got to learn how to walk in forgiveness. But what was Jesus really saying? The law, now let me read this to you. In Matthew 18, we understood this, this was like a little bit of time before the crucifixion. Jesus was teaching. Peter, who was familiar with the law, said this. He went to Jesus, and he felt he was being generous and asking seven times enough because the law was three. So he understood the law. He was like, okay, the law is saying three, so I'm going to say seven. I'm going to add to it. And Jesus was trying to get Peter to get an understanding and the disciples of this. Now get this. He isn't teaching the number under the law, but he's trying to get them to learn a lifestyle of forgiveness. Write that down. I have to develop a lifestyle of forgiveness. It's going to be healthy for you. Now listen to me. You do not need to go and listen. Forgiveness is not being pushed around being manipulated by people, being in some kind of whacked out, you know, kind of like doormat relationship. That's not what I'm talking about. You understand what I'm saying? You understand me? Because people use walking in love like, oh, I'm supposed to stay in some abusive mess. You're not. You know what I'm saying? I'm being serious. Because, like, you'll get pinned with that if you're in the wrong kind of relationship with the wrong person and you're being, like, almost physically, mentally, you're in this abuse. With love, love would run. That's what love does. Love runs. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Yeah. You, that's what lo love needs to run. Hello? From that nonsense. Because love, love, love is God and God is love. So you, once we got that figured out, okay, I don't want you like, oh, I get, I get yelled. No, no, no. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the lifestyle of forgiveness in this season of life, meaning this, that I learned to be a forgiver. Now, there's, you know what? To be a person of love, that means you're going to take yourself out of some situations you don't need to be in. You, did you get that? Because why? Because certain seasons, you just got to. But I'm going to become a person who develops a love walk. So to be developing in a love walk, I'm going to be developing what? I'm going to be developing a lifestyle of forgiveness. I'm going to be quick to forgive. Why? Because I want to be forgiven. So this is what we got to understand about forgiveness is this. Peter was getting the understanding of what? We want to be like Jesus and walk in this lifestyle of forgiveness. And that's what he was trying to get. He said, no, not seven times, but seven times 70. We must all learn to walk in forgiveness. Why? And we're all going to have an excuse of justification of why not. But there is no why not. There is a you have to. Okay? Now, you say to me, Pastor Chris, this is not going to be fun. Why? Because where there is unforgiveness, you have to understand this. Everybody listen to me right here. This is going to tie it up. Where unforgiveness is, there is offense, there is hurt, there is disappointment, and this is going to lead to bitterness and resentment if you're not careful. It has a spiritual impact, and it will grow and consume you until it gives you greater opportunity to destroy yourself. You got to get out of it, okay? Two words. God has a way of taking care of stuff. Let me tell you about life. Do not bring vindication upon anybody. God will do that on his own, okay? So you don't have, because I'm going to tell you what happens. I'm going to tell you why forgiveness seems Really weird in the moment. 
Because some people have done some stuff that's totally not right, and it looks like they're getting away with it. They are not ever going to get away with it. You didn't hear me. They are not going to get away with it. Because what it's, And I'm not looking for anybody to go, yay, you got yours, but I'm just telling you what's going to happen. People that do things the wrong way, what you reap, you're going to sow. It's a law. And I'm telling you now, and you don't want to be the person to say, oh, judgment come on you. You know what I mean? Because I, 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 I tell my enemies, I got a little story from my enemies. I, I got a hot ticket. You shouldn't have enemies. I don't have an enemy in the world. So if you choose to make me your enemy, then guess what? You go deal with my God. And I don't really care what he does to you because you shouldn't be my enemy. That's why I ain't got no enemies. Come on. You know what I'm saying? I choose to not have any enemies. But if you want to be my enemy, go deal with my God. And I ain't praying nice prayers for you either. <laughs> My enemies, I don't pray nice prayers. So he's like, I think Miss Kathy was in the office one day. Was she in it? Yeah, she was. Roxanne will tell Miss Kathy was in the office one day. I let it rip for my enemies. She looked at me. I said, don't worry about it. My stuff. Just leave me alone. They don't even bother me. I got a good prayer for my enemies. Don't, trust me, you don't want to be my enemy. Just forgive me. If I'm bothering you, forgive me. So I forgive Pastor Chris. He's great. Don't be my enemy. Why? Why should you have an enemy? I don't have an enemy in the world. Why would you choose to make me your enemy? Because something's wrong with you. I don't got no enemies. You got any enemies? I probably got some somewhere, but that's by choice. But I don't choose to be enemies with anybody. But if they want to make me their enemy and they want to go get me and they're trying to come after me, okay, praise the Lord. Enjoy that road. It's going to be bumpy. It's going to be brutal. And you might not make it out, but that's your own call. I'm walking in forgiveness. I'm Dr. Forgiveness. Praise the Lord. I forgive everybody but Lucifer. Glory to God. Come on, don't you? Yeah, I get them all forget. Oh, yeah, great. Why? You want to know why? I'm spiteful. I am. I'm spiteful and I'm staying like that. I ain't rising above it. I'm staying like that. What do you mean spiteful? Well, if you offend me and I get mad and I get an unforgiveness, I got to get over it. And guess what I'm going to do? If I keep staying in a place of unforgiveness, you're going to keep getting over on me. And I don't want you getting over in me because you're going to mess up my prayer. You might have messed up my prayers for a day, but I'm not going to give you two days out of it. I'm going to forgive you real quick. Oh, I forgive him, Lord. Why? By faith. I don't feel it, but praise the Lord. I've forgiven up by faith. Why? Because I want my prayers to work. Amen. I want my prayer time to be good. Amen. So I'm going to forgive you out of spite. Hallelujah. Is that okay? Why? Because I know it's going to hinder my prayer life. I'm going to forgive you. Why am I going to forgive you? Because you might have messed up one day. I ain't giving you two days of my prayer time. Praise be to God. No way. So if you bug me, you know what I'm going to do? I forgive him, Lord. Oh, I've had some doozies in here. Oh, I forgive him, Lord. God bless him, Lord. Bless him, Lord. I let him, oh, I release him into your hands, God. Hallelujah, amen. Ooh, my prayers start working. I'm doing good. I might even see him, you know, at the public's wave to him. Hey, how you doing? Praise the Lord. How you doing? Glory, glory, glory. Why? Because guess what? I ain't giving you no one of my prayer time. I'm not giving you my blessing. I'm not going to shut up what God's given me because of you. That's why they're on assignment. You realize why offense came? To derail you. It's a bait. It's a bait. You know, you go fishing, you got to use certain bait for certain fish. You can't just go fishing. You know, you can't go in the ocean fishing with, like, worms. They don't eat that stuff. They eat live fish. You go, I never ever go fishing. You go fishing with these guys in here, man. They tell you, oh, Mary, praise God. You know, Jerry, you take, Jerry will take you fishing, right? Jerry will be like, oh, you got to use this over here. I'm like, why, why I got to use that? 
That's what they eat. How do you know what the fish eat? He knew. <laughs> got to put a shrimp on for this. Why? That's what they eat. You got to put this. You got to put a pilcher. I didn't even know what the heck a pilcher was. It was a pilcher. They put this thing on there. They remember? And then I got those sand. What are those sand? No, not them. They have fish, the sand things. I don't know what it was, like a sand minnow or something. Oh, my gosh. They put this one thing on. They said, well, when you put this on, you better get ready. I thought they were kidding. They said, get ready. I said, get ready for what? They said, you'll see. I put it in the water. Pow, that thing went off. Big fish eat that. I was like, here we go. What do I know? Yo, you don't think the devil knows what you like to bite on? Your little feelings got hurt. Oh, really? Are you easy to get your feelings hurt? Guess what? You're going to find a bunch of jerky people on your hook. Here they come. Oh, I get mad about this. Oh, trust me, you'll, work, you'll start working with one of them by tomorrow. That bothers me. Well, guess what? It's coming. See, he knows your weakness, and he's going to put the right bait in front of you and wiggle it just enough to get you to say, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Oh. You've got it. You've got to get after it. You can't take it. So what's it mean to forgive? Here, you want to get technical? It means two words. To loose. Or to send away liberated. That's the Greek. Did you get it? To loose them or send them away liberated. Here's the, ins- here's the thing, right? If you're in unforgiveness, you're tied to the situation that you're despising so much. Did you get what I just said? You got to catch me now. Don't miss this. If you are in unforgiveness, this is the insanity of this thing. If you don't let it go in unforgiveness, you're tied to the situation that you're despising so much. In forgiveness, you lose yourself and the other person. So if I hold unforgiveness, I keep myself trapped in the moment. Is that all right? Unforgiveness will contaminate you. Okay? And it will become a lifestyle that will make you bitter. All right? You got to forgive. All right? God will take care of vengeance. Romans says that. Don't even get in that. Look at Leviticus. I'm going to explain this to you. Leviticus 16, 12, and 13. Just write that down. And we're going to go there. Okay? And this is where they get that heaping coals of fire thing. And he shall take. You see this? This is where you get that from. You know how it says, heap heap coals coals on them, you know, be nice. And he shall take a censer full of burning coals of fire from off the altar before the Lord, and his hands full of what? Sweet incense, beaten small, and bring what? And bring it within the veil. Look at the next verse. And he shall put the incense of fire before the Lord, that the cloud of incense may cover the mercy seat that is upon the testimony that he died on. Remember he said, you said heap the coals on them? That's what it's talking about. Now I want to get you to see something here. What was he saying when you do that? When you heap the coals, remember how he says forgive? It's like heaping hot coals on them when you let somebody go. Here's what he's saying. The reference of the heaping coals of fire on his head is referring to the above scripture right there. What? In Leviticus, when the cloud of incense covered the priest's imperfections, it will be a covering when you forgive and always tend to light. Okay? What do you mean? The reference of heaping coals of fire on his head referring to this, this scripture right here is what? In Leviticus was the cloud of incense. That's what it was saying. It was covering the priest's imperfections, and it will be a covering when you forgive and always tend to the affairs of life. What's it saying? When you heap those coals of fire, what? It's going to do what? It's going to bring a place of cleansing. You understand that? 
It's good. So what do you do? So if you heap coals of fire on somebody, right? It says what? Well, if you be a blessing to somebody and you let somebody loose, man, it's gonna bur- it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna burn away imperfections. Is that all right? And I think I think that I'm gonna say this to you out of this. It's a covering, right? Uh, it covers the priest's imperfections, but it will be a covering when you forgive and what allow. Guess what it's gonna do? It's gonna cover your imperfections and theirs. Because I mean, you know, I need some help, right? How about this? How do we forgive? Okay, it's not, it's not, it's not just burying it. We got to deal with it. Okay, that's the big thing right here. Okay, because people, people who don't forgive are tormented. Is that okay? You got to. Remember that was the whole story about the guy who had the debt. He said you didn't let the guy go to debt in Matthew, and he said I let you go to debt, but you don't want to let go of debt. And he goes, now I'm coming back to get you to pay the debt. You wouldn't let go. What's that understanding? Now this is what you got to understand with this. Okay. In Colossians 3, 3, 12 and 13 in the Amplified, I want to read this to you, okay? Because you got to get this understanding. Colossians 3, 12 and 13, okay? Now, you just, just look up at me, and we'll find it in the Amplified. You've got to understand something. You're going to have to sow to mankind what you reap from God. If you're not careful with this, what you'll do is you'll sow what they sow, okay? Did you get that? You're going to sow how people sow towards you, and that's going to cause you to get easily offended. Because as you sow, as you sow, you're going to look to see, is it coming back? If it doesn't come back the way you think it should, you're going to stop sowing it, and you're going to bottle up what you need to be given away. Does that kind of click? So the thing is this, I got to sow it. Now listen, unconditional love is probably going to produce some pain in your life. But unconditional love is okay to sow because as I absorb the pain of unconditional love, he's going to cover it up because I'm pleasing unto the Lord. Do you get what I'm saying? So, like, I don't want to just get my own way. Watch this. Call yourself, therefore, as God's own chosen ones, his picked representatives who are purified and holy and well-beloved by God himself by putting on behavior marked by what? Tenderhearted pity, mercy, kind feeling, and a lowly opinion of yourself. And you understand, that gets a little bit over. You know what I mean? But meaning like what? Humble yourself, right? Keep going. 13, after that. You can stay here. Gentle, ways, patient, which is tireless, and long-suffering. Wow. And who, well, you can leave it, you can go, let me just finish reading it, right? And has the power to what? Endure whatever comes with good temper. And that's what I've been telling the leadership, you know, some of you guys, that's another thing, too. You guys got to get plugged into church, man. Start doing something. Because I can't raise up leaders that ain't plugged in. Yeah, you know, you got to go do something. Like, go get involved. Some of you need to make a move, get into church. Like, I don't know if I want to go to the church. Pray God tells you to go to church, become a member of the church, and get involved. Safest place in the world for you. Can't, you know, I got people, I got one foot here, one foot. Nah, that's ridiculous. Find wisdom. Your whole life you're going to search for wisdom. You know, let me, let me tell you something right here. Let me give you a fast track. Wisdom precious, most precious commodity on the face of the earth. And when you find it, if you didn't find it here, go find it somewhere. But if you found it, don't you fight all the hell to stay near it. Because you ain't getting, because you can't, you can't get nowhere. People say, oh, you're trying to keep me here. No. If you can't, you you understand it? When you find it, you run to it, then you plug in. You plug in and you get involved. Oh, church work. Yeah, well, church work keeps you connected. 
You got gifts. I'm going to talk about that maybe next month. They think I'm talking about the gift stuff, whatever. And then this was like, but this is what I was telling the leadership. You know what the greatest result of a great leader is? With good temper. Your emotional response. Your EQ is the greatest thing you have, not your IQ. Your IQ don't mean jack. Your SATs could be off the chart. You'd be dumb as a rock. It's God's honest truth. It's just God's honest truth. It's your EQ, your emotional genius is better than, than any other genius you have because you might not be able to handle situations. This is what he's saying. He said, if you put on the right spirit in Christ, no matter what shows up, your emotional response will be proper. You ever see people, it's like a five-alarm fire every day. Oh, my God, oh, my God. World's falling. No, no, stop. You could have all the brilliance but not have the aptitude in the moment to correctively make wise decisions. So what do I got to do? I got to be in the right spot. So did you get it? So how am I responding? He's telling you right here, be long-suffering. I'm not always long-suffering. Have a good temper. Look at 13. Look at this. Check this out. Be gentle. I'm not always gentle. I'm not always kind. Stop looking at me like you guys are all holy. I know half of you. You're not. You're not. You're, you're ornery. And you know what? You got a good church life. I want to put a tape recorder on you and see you 24 hours from now. Okay. Don't be picking on me because I, see, I get to show all my ugly up here. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? You guys, I like to go home with you, bring a video camera. Oh, look at you. Look at you. Look at you. Look what you're doing. All right. Leave it alone. Be gentle, forbearing with one another. And if one has a difference, a grievance, or a complaint against another, be ready to pardon them. Even as the Lord has freely given you, so you must also freely give. Jesus! Don't go to that basin. Man, I wish you never would have got that basin out. Because see, if you forgive them, I got to forgive them. Because you're the one who didn't deserve any of it. But you washed them anyway. Don't, not Peter. Not Thomas. Definitely not Judas. I'm going to go wash them. I'm going to make them clean. I'm going to wash them before. You know what's, you know what's one of the nuttiest thing of all is? He, he really cleaned them. Before they even needed it. Because he knew it was coming. So I'm going to get. You want know what's crazy? You, you, this is going to sound so bad. But you'll catch up to it to ride home. Um, you, you basically knew who they were. But you just didn't call it out. You knew, you knew who they were. You just didn't call it out. I don't know why. But you just don't call it out. It happened, it's ha you can see it. It's unfolding. But don't worry about it. So, so what am I getting you to see? We're going to have to pardon some people that really don't deserve the pardon, but they're getting it anyway. But you didn't deserve it, and you got it, so now do I want to bottle it up and not give it to you because he gave it to me? That's the catch of all. Because if I hold you in contempt, he's going to go, the stick you... See, these people that spit out righteousness and... You know, wield the big stick and they want to paddle your rear end with it a little bit. Boy, that paddle's going to come back and whiplash you in the face. 
that stick of judgment you be smacking everybody else with is that stick of judgment coming back to smack you. You know what I'm saying? So I'm quick not to be like, hey, give him a break. Why? Because I don't want to get a break in the rear. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? The Lord will come quick, man. Vengeance is his. You know what I'm saying? You understand what I'm saying? Like, if I'm quick to go, oh, Miss Linda, pow, Miss Linda, pow, Miss Linda, pow. God's like, hey, remember that judgment you were wielding? Today's your day. Woo! How much? How much? Forget it. You know, it's like this. You ever have this happen to you? It was funny. I had it one time. This is so cool. I don't know why I'm saying this. I had it one time. There was nobody in the building. It's a long time ago. I had this guy. He like, he like dialed my phone. He didn't know he dialed my phone. Oh, this dude was almost cussing me up one way and down the other way. And I listened to it. What I going to do is a voicemail. I just kept listening to it. I was like, oh, my God. I put on a speakerphone for a little bit for PL, but she can't handle stuff like that. You know what I mean? She's like, why did you say that? I said, oh, just leave it alone. I listened to the whole thing. I laughed so hard. Like, He's a big blowhard. Blah, blah, blah. He, like, cussed me out every day. Man, I had to go see this guy at church. I deleted it, went to church. Hey, how you doing, bro? I didn't say nothing about it. She's like, how did you do that? I said, that's, that's a test right there. So now... I got smart as it goes on. Now, I'll get a couple of them every once in a while. You get them too. I don't even listen to them. Mm. Yeah, I got, oh, yeah, for all my critics, I get text messages sometimes are mega long that are not right. I delete them before I read them. P.L. couldn't even get it. She said, what did you do with it? I said, I read three lines. The spirit behind it was wrong, and I deleted it. She said, how did you do that? I said, easy. I do it all the time. I don't even want to go there. You see what I'm saying? Now, what am I saying? I want to give you mercy because I'm going to need mercy. I want to give you grace because I'm going to need some grace. I'm going to give you forgiveness before you mess up because I'm going to need some forgiveness. I'm going to show unto you. Look, live by these two scriptures. Go to Philippians 2, 4. Please. Are you all right? You got to man. Have you mastered these yet? See, if I leave stuff alone for a while, you guys forget what I said. I got to go back. It's okay. Philippians 2 4 says, Why? Let each of you esteem. Oh, you want to leave it in there? You can, but then go to King James. In a minute. Let each of you esteem and look upon and be concerned for not merely his own interests, but also for the interests of others. What's that mean? Don't get up every day thinking about yourself. <laughs> Think about what can I give to somebody else? See it? What's your life going to look like when you get up every day? And so it looked not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. How do I help you? Well, what's people going to do for me today? No, no, no. Go get your life so I'd like to see. What can I do for you? What can I give and not just take? What can I give into my marriage and not pull out of? What can I give unto and not just, what can I give? Who? I'm say, I ain't got nothing. You got something. You got nowhere to go? Go to nursing home. Walk in the front door and go like this. Who gets no visitors? I'm going to go there and encourage some people. You're going to need encouragement. P.L. one day, and Roxanne said the other day, she said, wow, I took some time to spend with somebody, you know, talking to them one-on-one. I said, yeah. you were there. I was, you just said to me, I took an hour or something. I said, yeah. I said, I sold it. I didn't do it in despite, hear me. I did it because it's part of the job. But I said, I sold encouragement. I'm going to reap it one day. I'm going to need it. Everything you do is a seed. So what are you doing? You're going to forgive or not forgive? Ephesians 2, 8, 6, 8, sorry. Ephesians 6, 8. This is the math. You master this, man. Doc, I'm telling you, listen to me. You master this, your life's done. 
Ephesians 6 and 8. Know this. Whatsoever good I do unto men, God has to do unto me. Knowing that whatsoever good thing any man does, the same shall he receive of the Lord. This is what you got to remember right here. This is the key to it. I'm going to sow it, and if I don't see it come back, usually what it does is it stifles me to keep on sowing it. That's going to be a problem for you. you got to sow forgiveness, and don't worry about it if the recipients don't receive it. Forget it. It'll come from another area. My life changed the minute I became a 2468 person. Saved. Because you sow, and you expect to see results. And you don't see results, and you get tired of sowing. So now I just sow and don't even expect you to do anything. Because you might not. Who cares? Because the key is this. It isn't coming from you. It's going to come from somewhere else. But see, this is what happened. You stopped sowing because it didn't come back from the place that I sowed. So therefore, I don't think it works. God said, whatsoever could I do to you, God's got to do unto me. So I'm, I'm going to basically get to you to get, get, get where I got to go. Keep a clear conscience. This is very, very important. Remember this. Why am I forgiven? Here's a big, here's a big thing reason. Forgive because God says forgive. Not because you feel it. Do it out of obedience. And I, I could get deep in this thing with this thing, forgiving, but you got to forgive. And you, I know you're going to say, they don't deserve it. Well, you're right, they don't. But you didn't deserve it, and he gave it to you anyway. Yeah. So do you want to give up what you got to hold somebody else for what they did? Right. Let them go. Let, you got to let it go, because if you don't let it go, if you don't let it go, here's what happens. You stay trapped. It becomes your prison and they're gone. There are people that have hurt you that don't even know they hurt you. And they've gone on with life and you're still stuck in a moment. And their life went on. So why in the world would you stay trapped in a moment and not, people don't even know they offended you. People don't even know they damaged you in an area. God can fix all that stuff. You understand what I'm saying? But get my moment. Okay, your, your mom said something 35 years ago, 40 years ago. She's gone to be with the Lord or whatever. You know, I'm just picking something in the air. I'm pulling atmosphere. And, and she, did, she did this. And you're still living with the nightmare of what she said, and she's in heaven. So why in the world would you hold somebody in contempt that don't even know they did it? Somebody left your life. They were supposed to love you forever. They came home one day and said they don't want to love you no more. Okay, so what are you supposed to do? Consider yourself unlovable because nobody recognized the love you had? That's crazy. Draw that, bury them words. See, because here's the thing. That thing will be on repeat until you forgive. And once you forgive, the power to overcome is showing up because grace hits you. See, because that's what the grace, that's what that basin was about. It's a basin of grace. When you get in there and let them go, you get set free. Say, Pastor, you got, you got, oh, on assignment. They came on assignment with an agenda. To, to demonically cause your pain. 
But guess what? I needed them. See, here's the thing. When you, you'll get better at this, trust me. They're coming to get me to go to another level. I need them. And once I qualify, once I qualify, I get promoted. Because every single time the devil gets ready to set up a situation, God has already set up my success. Now I just got to make sure I play the hand right because it's coming. Jesus knew Judas was going to be Judas. What you do, do quick. Let's get this over with. One of you got to be the one. He probably looked at him and said, I'm sorry, it's got to be you, but somebody's got to do it. Oh, look, if I want to get out of this, I couldn't get out of this. I'll just call thousands of angels. They'll get me out of here, but I know what I got to do, so let's get the job done. I know you're coming, but I'm ready. <laughs> That's the key. I know you're coming, but I'm ready. I'm, I'm, I'm in the, I, you see, you can't get in to, to stop me because I'm not going to let you. So somebody stop loving you. That doesn't mean you're unlovable. Somebody stop believing in you. That doesn't mean you don't have success in you. Somebody didn't recognize. Your mom, your mommy, your mom. Let me tell you something. Let me just say, your mother didn't know nothing, half of you. You don't like that, but I don't care. See, because some of you think, oh, my mom, I think this, my daddy, your daddy didn't know nothing either. That book knows everything about you, nobody else. And you're not even safe till you believe what the Bible says about you. But some of you have been living under a stigma of what somebody said to you. Oh, you're no good or you're a mistake or I don't know what went on. Oh, you were this or you were that or you know what? Yo, oh, you're this or you're a step this or you're that this or you came out of that or nobody really this and daddy left because of you. or what? I don't know what it is. Somebody came home and said, I don't like you. I don't love you. What's, what, what, do we, what do you want me to what do? You, you don't think that's happening? It's probably happened to 50 people in this room. Nobody cares. And somebody said, oh, you're this or you're that. And you're, you're a misplaced this and that. What are, you, are you kidding me? Everybody in here has got something. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play that on repeat. Why, let me ask you a question. Why would you go and try to get information from dysfunctional people to determine who you are? Why would you look at dysfunctional people and take the labels they tried to put on you and say you are the voice of truth? You can play. Listen, are you, are you insane? Are you crazy? What is wrong with you? I'm not mad at you. What is wrong with you? Unstable people telling you who you are, and they don't even know what they're talking about or who they are, and you're going to take them for gospel truth? Are you crazy? Stop. Now, this is why you need to trust the place you are. Or leave. Don't come back here. Get a new church. I'm just telling you, God's honest truth. I'll sign you out. You need paperwork? I'll send you someplace else. 
If you don't come in here, I'm telling the God, I love you. I want you to stay. I'm not trying to beat people out here. If you come in here and you say, I'm not going to believe what this guy says. But I know more about you than you know about you. That's why you're here because I know what that book says about you. You've been waiting to find somebody to tell you who you really are. That's what church is all about. Search your whole life for somebody to tell me, who am I? No skinning again, no manip, none of that junk. Tell you what that book says you are, because you don't know who you are yet. But how would you take information from a source that doesn't line up? That's based from a wrong spirit place. You know what I'm saying? Evil. I want to tell you you're not enough. Somebody tell you you ain't no good. I had a teacher one time in school. He said, you're a bad seed. i never forget it. Because I used to get him aggravated. I used to bother him. Oh, yeah, I was so bad in there. He said, Sarno, you're a bad seed. I said, no, I'm not. <laughs> he tried to put it on me, man. He did. He tried to put it on me. He said, Sarno, you're a bad seed. I said, no, I'm not. I just don't like your class because you're boring. Try to label me. What do you think? I'm running around the rest of my life. I'm a bad seed. I'm a bad seed. I'm a bad seed. The neighbor one time told me something. Something I don't even remember. <laughs> That's how to label you. I didn't listen. Shut your ears off. Don't listen. Well, I was in a relationship and they said this. My mama said this. My daddy said this. My grandpa said Shut So somebody... Stop loving you. They're lost. I got a lot of love to give. Come on, man. Somebody stop believing in us. There's a new us getting ready to start. I'm telling you, man, don't let nobody come. Because you got to understand, well, you couldn't see in me, God already put in me. Don't get stuck in this. Well, great-grandma said, great-grandma don't know Jack. <laughs> Stop. You say, you're disrespectful to family. Yeah, I'm disrespectful to your family. Get over it. I don't really care. I'm the pastor. The Bible's the only truth about you. My grandma's Aunt Mary used to say, Aunt Mary's smoking crack. She don't know nothing. Be quiet. Man, I remember going places like, who that lady over there? That's so-and-so. She's half-wasted every function we had. You going to listen to what she said? She might have been drunk trying to call you names. You over here, she said I was bad. Christmas 1973, she said I was bad. She didn't bring me. Stop it. Come on, stand up on your feet. I'm being funny. Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, we invite you to visit us today at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. And as always, welcome home.